Thank you for being back in your place. If you would stand, we'll get started with our service. Psalms 145.10 says, All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. It's good to be back in the Lord's house. Richard, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Man, join me in page 81. When we see Christ.
at Calvary. Trouble sometimes are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your heart to God, saved from the tashing rod.
Praise the Lord. That was good, guys. Appreciate it very much. All right, so we're going to continue uh, our look at a resilient life. And uh, we want to be in Genesis chapter 12 today. Genesis chapter 12. Begin reading verse number one. You can follow along there. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I just say, I think that still applies today. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the time together today, this afternoon. We pray that you would be with us as your word is open, that the Holy Spirit would illuminate our hearts and our understanding, help us to grow as a result of having been here this afternoon as we learn from uh, the life of Abram. And Lord, uh, might you teach us great and mighty things. We ask all these things in your wonderful, most precious name. Amen. And so uh, this uh, message here is entitled, The Journey is the Reward, Overcoming the Unknown. And uh, many times, if we're not careful, as we begin to follow the Lord, uh, the unknown can be very overcoming. It can scare you to death, you know. But uh, in walking with the Lord, we find that there's peace and comfort. We have many examples as we look in the Old Testament, uh, just as the one we read here, where Abraham was willing to go. God told him to go, he was willing to go, and we can find at the end of Abraham's life that God had blessed him in a great way. Even Jonah, who ran the other way from God, God blessed when he went back and did what was right, although uh, his heart was not in it as it should have been. 
So in the midst of uncertainties, we can identify with Abraham, a man who faced unknown circumstances by holding on to God's known promises. And so as we evaluate our life, as we live through trials and issues and problems that come our way, those things are all growth for us. They should help us to be growing in the Lord so that when the bigger things come, we can look back and go, hey, God helped me here. I know he's going to help me here. And it just continues this growth process through our life. So when God made these promises to Abraham, he was 75 years old and he had no children, uh, but he relied upon the strength of God's promises. And we find that he traveled some 1,000 miles in obedience to God's instructions over the next 25 years. Uh, I don't know about you, at 75, I don't want to necessarily take a thousand mile trip and not be in a car. Uh, they did it, you know, on their legs, walking for the most part, and uh, it took them 25 years. So Abram and Sarah started in what the Bible refers to as Ur of the Chaldees, and uh, in modern uh, day southern Iraq, uh, that was the place where Abraham's birth and upbringing. They traveled through Haran, modern day Syria. And from there, they passed through Canaan to Shechem. Eventually, they passed on to Hebron. As uh, Abraham entered the northern coast of Canaan, it was possible that he passed through what's known today as Abraham's Gate in the ancient city of Dan. The gate is nearly 4,000 years old and was certainly erected before the time of Abraham. And so it's an amazing aspect of Abraham's life uh, that he committed to this journey Later, uh, later in his life, and God took him through and developed his faith. <clears throat> so our first point today is going to be faith to follow. Uh, as we walk this Christian life, as we live this Christian life, we need to walk it by faith. And uh, so whose faith are we going to follow? Well, um, I'm not smart enough to have a faith to follow, and so I want to follow after God. I want to follow after God by faith, I want to walk with him. I want him to lead my life. I want him to guide my direction. Uh, faith is exercised. A faith is not a dominant faith. Our faith ought to be an active faith. It ought to have us moving. It ought to have us growing in the Lord, in the things of God. Uh, by the time we come to the end of 2023, we ought to be able to look back and go, wow, you know, God blessed here and here and this was a trial and this was a problem. God brought me through it. Uh, he was faithful. He's developed my faith, more trust in him as a result of what I've gone through. And so we see that Abraham did what he heard uh, the Lord tell him to do. He got up, he left his hometown, and he began this journey of following after God. Walking by faith uh, was an action. It required that he would get up and go and turn loose and just follow God. In Hebrews chapter 11, which is the faith chapter, we have examples of many great men of God who walked by faith. Like in verse number 4, Abel offered by faith. Uh, in verse number 5, Enoch was translated by faith. In verse number 7, Noah prepared by faith. In verse number 8, Abraham obeyed by faith. In verse number 9, Abraham sojourned by faith. In verse number 17, Abraham offered by faith. And so this chapter continues uh, with these men who sought by faith to walk with God. 
And as applicable as it was in the Old Testament, it still applies to us today. Still something that we today need to do. Matter of fact, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Not some of our ways, not you know the ones that we want to give up, the, the ones that we don't want to be in charge of, but all our ways we are to acknowledge and follow him. And so uh, faith is not only exercised, but faith is expectant. Faith isn't the only active not only active, it's expectant. In other words, we expect God to lead us, and we know He has a plan, and we want to just submit to walk with Him to follow His plan for our life. Abraham's faith produced friendship with God. Boy, wouldn't it be great to have that set of us, that we were friends of God, that we followed by faith, we sought to walk with God, we sought to know God. At the end of our life, the God would look back and say, this is a friend of mine. This is someone who wanted the fellowship that I was offering. And isn't it kind of sad uh, how many Christians don't want the fellowship with God? They don't want the closeness to God. They're like, you know, I'll take, I'll take the salvation thing. I'll give God a little church. I'm not going to give him a lot of church. I'll give him a little bit of my life, not all of my life. Uh, it's really sad. We need to be all in when it comes to God completely dedicated to him. And that's what made Abraham's faith so great, is that he was totally dedicated unto the Lord. Abraham's faith in God was a basis for his friendship with God. It's what made it possible. Abraham's faith required patience. And amazing how many times as we're trying to walk this life of faith, that patience is involved. I, I think that... Uh, I'm a long way from being a super patient individual because I want it right now. I want to know what the answer is. I want to know when I'm looking at a problem, how do I get through it? I'm wanting many times in my own life, I'm wanting God to show me right now. And yet, as we walk by faith, we've got to learn, I need patience. I need to let God develop this out. I need to let God do his work. And uh, that's, that's very aggravating to, to me to sit back and wait on God. Because I'm like, you could do this, God. You could do that, God. I've got all these things that God could do. But just to learn to wait and to trust God is important. I think of Abraham and uh, Sarah and the, you know, their son. Uh, he's 100, she's 90 before they finally uh, have a son. Boy, you talk about patience. 25 years of patience waiting for that child that they had been promised. So we must realize that God doesn't always work on our timetable. He doesn't always work on our timetable. He has a plan, and we need to just realize that we need to submit to his timetable, whatever that is. In Psalms 25, verses 4 through 5, we read, Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths, Lend me in, or lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait. All the day. And so we need our faith to be such that we're seeking to walk with God, that we exercise patience as we seek to walk with Him. So not only is there a faith to follow when it comes to the example of Abraham, but there's faith for the journey. Faith for the journey. This life is a journey. For some of us, it's closer to being over than for others. Uh, some 
they're just on the early start. I look at these fine young men and these beautiful young ladies here, and I realize life's just starting for them. Uh, they can mess it up real bad here in the first 10 years, but if they proceed, they choose wisely, they trust God, God blesses. Uh, they, they have a whole life of a journey of faith, just seeking to walk with God. God, what do you want me to do? God, who do you want me to marry? God, where do you, what do you want me to do for a job? Uh, God, uh, how many children do you want us to have? And are our kids going to be healthy? Or are we going to have kids with issues uh, that require more faith in you? Uh, you know, all of it's a faith of journey. And so there's a traveling faith. Abraham's faith didn't stagnate after the start of his relationship with God or his journey of obedience. He just took off and walked with God, and uh, God kept him moving. He kept moving for God, and God kept blessing him, and he kept seeking to walk with him. Hebrews chapter 1, or chapter 11 and verse number 9 says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And so he sought to just continue to walk with God. He sought to be pleasing to God. He sought to do what God would have him to do with his life. It led to a tested faith. You know, for our faith to grow, for us to grow in, in faith, our faith has to be tested. It just has to be. It's the only way we can tell if we have faith is to have it tested. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 10, it says, There was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And so he, he, his faith was being tested. Uh, there was no food. There was a famine. Uh, he wanted to walk with God. God allowed this te testing in his life. And uh, Abraham sought to go down uh, into this other country. And so many times in our life, we have to be willing to be flexible. Well, that's a hard thing. Two of the things that are hard in my life are patience and flexibility. But learning to be flexible, learning to give, learning to trust God. Uh, I like to have like a road map and just say, okay, I'm going to go from here to here to here to here to here. And when I get here, then, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and I'll go on down here, here. But that's not the way it is most of our lives, is it? It's a walk of faith. It's a walk of trials and testings of growth to be more like God. And so uh, there's the test of truthfulness. Poor Abraham was faced with truthfulness, and he failed. He went before uh, the king there in Egypt, and uh, he told his wife, Sarah, look, just say you're my sister. It wasn't a super bad lie. It was kind of like a white lie, but it was a lie, and he failed the test. Uh, he's, he ought to be thankful that he didn't lose his wife over the whole thing. Someone take her from him. Um, but he didn't have enough faith in God to trust God. And so he faced this issue of truthfulness and he failed. Ought to be an example to us as we walk our life to try to always be truthful, to always tell the truth. And it may cost us at times, but in the long run, I think we'll find that the test is one that we can pass if we'll just trust God. And so there's the, the test of patience, there was the test of truthfulness. These were things that tested uh, Abraham's faith as he sought to walk with God. So there's faith to follow, faith for the journey, and finally, faith to sacrifice. 
So as Abraham's making this journey, as he's walking with God, as he follows God's leading in his life, he comes to a point of sacrifice. Now, we talked about it's 25 years before a child came. Uh, in 90 years, uh, Sarah was 90, he was 100. Uh, they had their firstborn son, Isaac. And now, after the son is, a promise has gotten here, we find that Abraham is told of God, take your son, your only son Isaac, and offer him unto me. And so it, it just kind of baffles the mind, I think. He's walked this walk for 25 years. He sought God. He's promised to have seed like the stars in heaven, the sand on the seashore. And now he's finally got a child that is rightfully his through his wife Sarah, like it should have been not through a bondmaid or someone else, but finally here through his wife Sarah, they have a child and now God says, take him an offering to me. As a matter of fact, Exodus chapter 22, 1 through 3, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram and say unto him, Abram, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy, thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abram rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place for which God had told him. Now, as I read this, it always, it always reminds me of the fact that I don't think Abraham messed around. When God told him to go, he was willing to go. Um, I think he, he said, okay, God, I'm going to go. He went and told Sarah, look, I've got to take a trip. I'm going to take Isaac. I can only imagine what it had been like, he tells her, and I'm going to take Isaac and I'm going to offer him to God. I can only imagine what that whole conversation must have been like. I would just say, probably didn't get a lot of sleep that night. And uh, he started this journey, I believe, the next day. Uh, he takes some help with him. He takes Isaac with him. They go to the mountain. Uh, I don't think, well, I know from Scripture that he didn't reveal to Isaac why they were going, that they were just going to go make a sacrifice. And as they get there to the mount, he tells the helpers, stay down below, guard the stuff, we're going to go up to the mount, and we'll come again. I love the faith that he exercised. We will come again. He had never seen anyone raised from the dead, but he had faith in God that God was going to do what was good for him and for Sarah. And so he goes to the mountain, and the son begins to talk, and he says, mentions to him, so you have fire and you have wood, where's the sacrifice? I love Abraham's response, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And we know that he ties his son, lays him on an altar that he's built, and built to offer him as a sacrifice. And as he lifts the knife to offer his son, God stays him and says, uh, behold, a uh, lamb is in the thicket. They offer the lamb instead. They return. But it required great faith on Abraham's part to do what God had asked him to do. I don't know if God's off, uh, asked you to offer your Isaac on the altar yet or not, or maybe what your Isaac looks like. But there may come a time in your life that your Isaac is on the altar. I read a book years ago, about four years ago, called Offering My Isaac, and a, a, a pretty sad commentary 
about a husband and wife that um, they, uh, she spoke a lot in Christian circles, and uh, he was a wealthy businessman. They had a single son. Uh, this single son marries a woman who had been married before and divorced and uh, had a child, and uh, their son, uh, the divorce was an ugly divorce. There was constant fighting and so forth. And they had an altercation one night when he brought the child back uh, to his wife. And the young man ended up killing the other guy. And he ends up in prison uh, for life. And uh, they t she t her whole point is that she had to lay her Isaac down. The young man that she loved, that she cared for, was now incarcerated for the rest of his life. She wondered why and so forth uh, in the book. Uh, and then she looked around and she realized that God had called her into an opportunity to witness and testify to other families that were going through the same type of stuff. Their loved ones were incarcerated. So it opened a big door of opportunity, but it required that her son, if you would, had to be the sacrifice. Um, and we don't know what the sacrifices that God may call us to bring in life. But we need to come to a point where we learn to trust him. That we can say, like Abraham, you know, I don't know what God wants me to do. I can trust him. I'm going to take my son. I'm going to take him to the mount. I'm going to offer him, and we will come again. And God, I don't know what it is you're going to ask me to sacrifice, but God, um, I'm willing to sacrifice. If you'll give me your grace and your wisdom as I do it, that you might be glorified. And requires walking by faith and not by sight. We seek to walk with God. We must walk with him by faith and not by sight. Lord, I love you and I thank you for the example of Abraham, how he sought to walk with you by faith. And through his journey, especially the latter part where he took his son to offer him upon the mount. Lord, how that he could just trust you wholeheartedly and that you had your hand upon the situation and you guided and you led in his life. And I pray that as we look at our days and our life that we live, that we might learn to trust you also. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the issue, whatever the problem, that we might just learn to put it all into your hand and trust you. And by faith, might we seek to walk with you, and by faith might we be found pleasing in your sight. Thank you for your blessings today and for your word. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Moment of invitation. God spoke to your heart. I encourage you to come, whatever you need. Brother Foster. <laughs>
announcements. Um, couples retreats coming uh, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday. If you haven't signed up, you're interested in going, livingunited.com. There'll be a ladies' meeting next week on the 23rd, 6.30 here at the church. And then uh, on the 26th, uh, we're going to have a young couple in here. And uh, the candidate uh, for the staff position that we have will have a meet and greet on Saturday night, uh, the 25th at 6. And uh, bring a, your favorite dessert. We'll just have a time of visiting with the young couple, visiting with one another, trying to make them feel at home. And uh, then on Sunday, he's going to teach the Sunday school class. And Sunday afternoon, he'll preach for us. And uh, I would just remind you, uh, this young man's not even graduated college yet, okay? He's, he'll graduate in May, uh, so he may be a little rough, okay? Don't expect that you're going to get, uh, you know, Brother Charles was a little rough and way fast when he came to us. And uh, he's still a little fast, but he's, he, we got most of the roughness off. Uh, and so, um, you know, that may be the circumstance here. We're looking more at the heart. And they line up with our direction and what we want to do, those kind of things. That's why I'd encourage you to come Saturday night and get the meeting uh, and her and just get to fellowship with them. And uh, they, they do have a desire uh, in three or four years to go out and, and plant a Spanish work, whether that's a Spanish church in America or go uh, on back to Mexico and start a work. They're uncertain in that area. But they want the training that they get in a local church. And uh, to be honest with you, I was visiting with someone today and said, don't you get tired of these guys like coming in three, four years and out the door they go? And really not. Um, maybe God's just given me the desire to want to help young men that way. I think it's a great honor for us to be able to, you know, knock the rough edges off, uh, give them some uh, wisdom as they would pastor, that they might do that for the Lord's glory. And, uh, you know, as a church, the influence that you can have on their life, uh, I think all those things are invaluable, and I think it's a great honor to be able to help train fellow servants for this day and age. We need more preachers. Uh, so my friend Larry Olson down in Wichita, Kansas, resigned his church, retired from his church last March, I think. They've had four candidates in and still haven't found a guy to take the church. He's still having to carry it on, and he said, I'm ready to retire. I think, well, maybe you waited a little too late in the game to, you know, really try that, but uh, there's a, a great dearth, if you would, for pastors, and the fact that San Marcos and Charles, that they were able to get together so quickly, just amazing feat that that happened, because a lot of churches will be a year to two years without any leadership, and that's not good for a church, so um, just pray for this young couple, be here, let's encourage them, let's pray and seek what God would have us to do, okay? We just want to walk with the Lord. Good to be in the Lord's house today. Lord bless you for being here. Brother Richard, once you close us in a word of prayer, pray for little Leon. He's sick now. You know, the joys of having kids. Everybody gets to pass it around at least once. So, Brother Richard.